podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. He absolutely made, you know, the first two, three, four years, you know, absolutely, um, you know, perfect for me. And I'll, I'll always own for that. And Mr Danny Rose delivers a 35-yard full volley that, I'm not being funny, if the net weren't there, it would still be going down the high <laughs> right now, wouldn't it? On the mental health side of things, Danny, I mean, how difficult is it for someone like yourself just to open up like that? Um... Hello everyone, here we are for another episode of Off The Shelf with me, myself, Michael Dawson, my co-host Paul Miles and we're not at our usual spot, we're in Yorkshire at the Ivy, Harrogate I mean, look at this scenery. Did you find it okay? I just Did you go for, to London? I, I just looked for Dawson Towers, mate. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, All look, roads led to here from yeah, the A1. We have to say a massive thank you to uh, Rodney, who is a mad Spurs fan. So, our, our guest today, I meet him regular for lunch. I see him on the school run. He's an absolute legend of this football club. Arguably our best left-back that we, we, we've ever had. Part of a formidable duo when we were... Competing for league titles, um, incredible left back, 214 appearances he made for us, joined us from the Leeds Academy when he was a young man, made that big move down down to, to London and 29 England caps, went to a World Cup. I think you've given it away. I think I've given it away. He's the one and only Danny Rose. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. We're home. We're just yeah. like we've got the cameras here, we've got the microphones here. We normally come for a nice quiet breakfast. Yes. Yeah, anything but complain. this morning. Yeah. It's nice, obviously, um, being back up here. Uh, obviously, I spent a lot of time away from here when I was in uh, when I was at Spurs, so it's uh, nice to come back. Not quite Doncaster, though, is it? Let's go back. Let's go back to your early early days. That's where you grew up as a young kid. How was it? How were you? Um, yeah, so I all my family's there. Um, born in Doncaster. Um, I think I got into football around six or seven. Um, I used to go and watch my dad, you know, every Saturday and Sunday, just locally and. Uh, I just started playing at the side of the pitch while he, while you know he was playing, and um, you know that's where I picked up football. And yeah, went to school there. Um, growing up, I think just like most teenagers, started misbehaving a little bit in school. Um, once I realised I was not bad at football, and um, yes, yeah, so obviously I left school um, after GCSEs and. Uh, I did my first um, first year scholar at Leeds, um, but I still lived in Doncaster, which was great. My dad used to work um, just around the corner from the training ground, so I was lucky. Everyone else had to stay in digs, and um, I got to stay at home. And obviously, turned sixteen, and then I made the the journey down down to London. Let's go back to your early days. At the age of eleven, you went to Leeds. Yeah. So you were training. What would you do there? Train twice a week? Do your schooling in between? Um. So, uh, eleven. You would train Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and then game uh, Sundays. So it was, yeah, a huge commitment, um, you know, for myself, but you know, even even bigger one for for my dad because he made sure if he didn't take me himself four times a week, um, he'd always make sure that I had I had a lift uh, to get there. So yeah, it was it was a huge commitment, and you know, at the time you sort of think that you're missing out on things with your school friends and. Um, you know, I remember when I got signed for Leeds, um, you know, on a Monday after a game, you know, all the kids would be talking about, you know, the local games that, you know, they played the local teams. And I, I used to feel that like I was missing out. And uh, obviously, you know, as, as you get older, you, you realise that, you know, you weren't missing out and, uh, you know, getting getting to play against Man United and 
Liverpool, um, you know, it's something that obviously everyone else would love to have the opportunity to do. So, yeah. I think we just need to touch on that. You talked about your, your dad there. I think parents need an awful lot of credit. Yeah. I mean, you look at it nowadays, we, we see, I speak to parents, they train Tuesday, Thursday, and they might, yeah. you travelled an hour out, it would yeah, be Don, Doncaster yeah, Leeds. Time, yeah. People are travelling further the, than These parents. are the foundations behind every professional footballer. Before, you know, before, these are the things you don't see. Yeah before you get to where you get to, aren't they, basically? And, and that's the end goal, and unfortunately yeah. not for everyone, get to, to sit where me and Danny sat. So I think a big shout-out to, to all the parents who are going through it now yeah. uh, and, and chasing and finding the feet because it can be tough. Talk to us about Leeds at that time, Danny, before you obviously came down, down to Spurs. I mean, what, you, you, what was the club like? Who was there at the time? Yeah, when I, uh, when I joined, um, obviously they, it might have been the last year in, uh, in the Prem. Um, so obviously at the time, uh, Gary Kelly, Radaby, uh, Dominic Matteo, uh, Woody might have been, or maybe he might have left by then. Uh, Ian Hart, Harry Kuehl, Decor, Batty, Batty, Backer, um, obviously Aaron. Uh, who else would have played on the right? Uh, I can't remember. And then obviously Alan Smith, Alan Smith. Uh, some, some Robo. <laughs> Robbo, yeah. So, you know, that was when I first joined and obviously that was just amazing. Uh, or Rio as well. And one of my f first memories was, um, I think Rio was just in the middle of, you know, the, the transfer saga. And uh, I remember just being on, he, were, he, he wasn't training. And uh, I remember being on the indoor bike next to him. And uh, I just remember feeling like, you know, wow, like I'm next to Rio Ferdinand. So, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, you know, obviously Tottenham's got you know, one of the best you know facilities if not the best in in the world but back then Leeds had that so we're talking um we're talking 20 years ago so probably more than that Rosie I'm thinking 20 years ago I was playing in the academy there like when I was at Forest so, so probably 25 30 years ago um so I joined when I joined it was just oh, getting built on, yeah. it was just getting built so at 11 it was just getting built so after that then obviously you know, we're talking about 20 years ago. Uh, imagine what Spurs is now. Uh, Leeds had that 20 years ago. So um, going back to your question, it was just absolutely mind-blowing and amazing. Um, you used to get t given tickets, obviously, like like you do now. And, um, you know, probably might have been, you know, the first time um, I got to watch, you know, Premier League games live. Um yeah, I remember, uh, I think it was Rooney's breakthrough season. I remember um, watching him. He, um, for Everton at Ellen Road and uh, yeah it was just uh, absolutely amazing I mean this is a seismic change though for, for a young man when you come down to join Spurs as a, a just before his 17th birthday yeah. I think it was wasn't it yeah. I mean I mean, just talk us through that. I mean, that must have been some decision for not just for you, but for the family as well. I mean you, you are you're moving away from home everything that goes with that Danny. Yeah so uh, the season before um, I uh, there was three of us that got approached by Chelsea um, to go and um, I was unsure what to do and eventually the club persuaded me to, to stay and the other two left and you know along with them persuading me to stay you know promises were made in terms of you know I was going to play first team and um, and whatnot and obviously unfortunately um, Kevin Blackwell who was the manager at the time he lost his job and uh, I was on the bench at the start of the season and had he stayed, I, I would have played for Leeds. Um, so then obviously there was changes, Dennis Wise and Gus Poyet came and obviously their priorities at the time were not, you know, giving youngsters uh, opportunities. The, the club was struggling. So first and foremost, they, they wanted to try and make sure the club survived. So, 
you know, I didn't get my opportunity. So then when it came around the season after where, with Spurs, it wasn't difficult for me because you know I, I wanted to I wanted to play and so I, I might have made a decision out of emotion that I felt even though I was young I felt that um, Leeds had you know not that they lied to me but promises weren't kept and uh, so that made my decision to go to Spurs um, a lot easier and I remember in the off season I don't know if I was still making up my mind but um, I was playing football with my friends and. Uh, um, obviously, at the time, I'd never met Aaron, um, never spoken to him. But for the young lads at Leeds, Aaron and James Milner were was always the reference. Yeah. You know, you need to be like them. This is what they did. And yeah, as I said, I was playing football and uh, Aaron called me. And um, so I just remember just getting all my friends together, putting them on loudspeaker. And uh, um, yeah, he just obviously spoke so highly of the club. Obviously, at the time, Martin Yo was manager. And uh, yeah, he just said, you know, come, you'll enjoy it. You won't regret it. And possibly that was probably, you know, my... That was a big phone call, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> how important was Len, because I know how close you, the pair of you are, uh, and we all love, love us, but how important was he to help you settle into the football club, into London, a long way from from Yorkshire? Um, yeah, he was absolutely uh, pivotal. Um, obviously, you'll remember, Dos, I, I followed him. Um, around the training ground, uh, <laughs> everywhere. Um, so yeah, he was absolutely amazing. He he treated me like like family straight away. Um, you know anything that I, I asked for or needed, like I didn't feel uncomfortable asking. He, you know, he'd do everything to make sure that um, I was okay. Um, so for me, I don't it's, I don't really remember if um, if it was difficult for me settling in because. I felt as if I had Aaron. So, um, he, as I said, he was like a brother to me. So, he absolutely made, you know, the first, first two, three, four years, you know, absolutely, um, you know, perfect for me. And I'll, I'll always own for that. Dawes, tell us about this man arriving at, at Spurs and, and joining him with the first team training. What did you make of him? Well, you, you knew he was there. Um, <laughs> whoever was training, he, he wasn't scared to, to mix it. We, we touched on, on, on Lenny there, how good he was. But if he was playing against him, he would kick him. Uh, and I think that's how, how you get an opportunity. People, your first impact, and I say this to any young kid, train how you play. If you get a chance to go and train with the first team, make an impact. Make sure the manager knows who you are because you might have been sent up by the U team coach, the reserve coach. First team manager might not really think, what's he like? You have an impact. And, and, and that was Danny. He always trained like that. Even when he, when he got to the top, he would still be kicking people. I'm thinking, Rosie, go easy. We need that right winger at the, at the weekend, whoever it was. But Danny put a stamp on, uh, on the training and was, that's why you get an opportunity but Danny coming in we, we touch on Lenny and I have to Lenny was like that with everyone though wasn't he he was, he was a young lad with, with an old head on, on young shoulders he tried. He was so important to the dressing room when we went out he was, he was always there he was just, just a great lad uh, and we will get him on this podcast for sure won't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we but no br brilliant Danny when you, when you come and I think that's probably something he would pass on but there was a group growing at that point weren't there you think like Tommy, Tommy Hub yeah. was there yourself yeah. Danny Rose as a of young, you know, a core of young English players, basically, which was going to be the bedrock of what we were going to be going forward, weren't we? And that was the start of it, really. They were made, in, no, they were made in the north, you know. Yeah. We put Norts in yeah, there, we North put Kyle Walker in there, we have Robbo in there, JJ. So, yeah, we had a good core of young group. And that was something that the club were looking at. You put Wayne Routledge into that group. Aaron came in in the summer, I was January, and then Danny and Tom Hood. So we were making, we had some great experienced players. You, you look at Ledley, you look at uh, JD was there, Robbie Keane. Yeah. 
Woody came in. We, we just had we had a good mixture, and the young lads looked up to the senior lads. But we we bought into what they wanted, so it was uh, it was the start of the real success, I believe. So what was it like to to be in and around the club uh, and in and around that first team when we won the league cup in uh, two thousand and eight? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, obviously, um, I was obviously at the club uh, a long time, but I've always said. Um, you know, it reiterated what I'm about to say. We played a charity game in the summer for the kit man, um, Steve Jukes, and the players of, you know, when I first joined, you know, it was nice seeing them again. But being in and around that, it, it, it was the best dressing room that I've ever uh, been a part of at the club. Um, I don't know if it's because I was, you know, the young lad and I was looking up to these guys. And um, But, yeah, it was absolutely amazing and I remember I had a reserve game the next day after the League Cup final, so I couldn't go out and celebrate. Um, but yeah, I remember going to Wembley to watch and yeah, it was obviously amazing. And, um, you know, obviously the club are searching for that next next high um, again and looking at them now this season, um, I dare say it doesn't look like they're far away. You talk about that group, obviously you're part of it, Dawes, but um, I always often felt speaking to, you know, the leaders of that group, like JJ, like Kino, that they they felt it was almost their destiny to go and do something like that, go and win the League Cup. We're a group here. We have to go and almost underline what we are by winning something. We have to mark this group. And then obviously that group then goes on and qualifies for the Champions League in, in 2010. So did it feel like that within it? I, I just I look at that period, like Danny said, you look from the senior players, Robbo number one, for, for Spurs and England's number one you go through Ledley and Woody who played in the cup final you had Chim and Hutz middle of the park Didier JJ Lenny on the right we had Timu uh, Berber Steed we had, we had all kinds of different people in that group Gaz we had so many injuries at the time I was out Gaz was out there was a group of us who went and it was just we had different kind of characters but we all came together to be successful and and that's what that's what you need in any success you need characters in your dressing room you need young players that we were at the time I suppose uh, and it was just it, I, I believe that was a start from 2005 I do believe it's it's to where yeah, we are as a football 100%. club now yeah. from always just progressing that. always and then we're in we'll fast forward in a little while to the Champions League final but let's go back to your debut 2009 Carabao Cup is that correct and, and it was against your uh, your hometown Bonnie, yeah um, 2009 yeah um, first uh, appearance for Spurs was in uh, the Carlin Cup um, back then, I think it was called uh, against Doncaster um, away, um, which is obviously amazing. It's um, mad, how does it happen? And then oh, when I went to Watford, my first game was against Donny as well. But yeah, so yeah, you couldn't write that. Um, you know, all the family being able to be there to watch, um, and yeah, it was um, yeah amazing, amazing day for me. Fast forward to April 2010, first Premier League start, yeah. uh, and this. I don't think this is ever going to get beaten, Dan. He'll <laughs> never get beat. I, never I, I that goal. Honestly, don't, don't say that around Harry Kane. <laughs> I, don't think, I just don't think as a as an impact in a game. And if it was, I'm going to say just in inverted, if it was just a North London derby, it would be anyway. But this was a massive, massive North London derby because we were fighting for fourth place. You'll remember we'd just come off losing the semi-final of the FA Cup. And we played Arsenal and Chelsea, didn't we? The next two games, yeah. we had to win them. And Mr. Danny Rose delivers a 35-yard full volley. That, <laughs> I'm not being funny. If the net weren't there, it would still be going down the highway <laughs> right now, wouldn't it? What, what a moment, Danny. Yeah, it was, um, obviously, I, I remember that whole um, week because, as you said, 
lost to Portsmouth uh, at the weekend uh, in the semis. Um, obviously, uh, put my hand over my eyes. Then uh, Harry was yeah not happy. There was there was rumours that there was going to be changes to be made in the next game, um, which was obviously on the Tuesday or Wednesday against Arsenal and. Um, there was rumours that it was either going to be myself or Jake Livermore who was going to, you know, get an opportunity to play, but never, you know, did I think that it would be me. Um, so yeah, that was that was nerve wracking. And then being in the changing room before the game, uh, I, I I used to sit next to Ledley, and you know, Ledley doesn't say a lot, but when he does, you know, it's important, so you listen. And um, he just said, "Look, you're playing, and you know you just have to continue everything that you've been doing in training and 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 enjoy it." And I'll always remember that. And yeah, obviously, yeah, going back to the goal, it was, yeah, it was obviously special. And you know, to be honest, uh, I've said this before that, you know, had I been playing 30 games for Spurs at the time, I would have brought it down and uh, whatever. But just fearless. Yeah, that and I just I just I had visions of Arsenal breaking on the counter attack. <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, yeah, I just hit it and you know, obviously, um luckily and thankfully I caught it so sweet and um yeah, it was nice just to play just a little bit a tiny part in that season to helping the club, you know, reaching the end goal of that season and what they've been trying to do well, for it gave everyone a lift, Danny, after the after the semi final. I mean it was I was in on the on the uh, east side gantry. That's where we were at the time. So I was literally right behind it. Once it left your foot, how did it feel to you? I mean, you must be able to see, still see it flying through the air. I can. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, you know when you've caught something clean. But even then, if you take, I was on the edge, and possibly I'd like to think there was a defender behind me. So we're talking maybe another 18, 19 players in the mix. Mm. Um, so you still got to be lucky that it almost it, took Ledley's head off. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was a rocket. Yeah, you got to you know be hoping that you know it makes its way through through the players, and you know it did. And um, yeah, obviously amazing. And uh, yeah, I won't catch another one like that again. I don't think uh, it's amazing strike. Amazing. I remember strike. it. I, rem- I remember going from a corner. Mm, I went yeah. across the front post, missed another one, got nowhere near it. it. Punched out to the edge of the box, and this rocket. I was just turning around, just seeing. It. It's just, it's just a dream to see. It going. I remember the celebrations. You, you sort of ran up that east side and you were pointing to your dad, family yeah, in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't know what to do he said yeah, what's happening he just scored <laughs> one of the best goals ever scored in a North London derby it was ridiculous yeah yeah, and then, yeah I, I, I couldn't breathe after that <laughs> running down <laughs> celebrating didn't you get injured in um, that game no I, I hurt my knee in, in, in that knee. and obviously um, it was I think everything um, you know the build up and the emotion and just that first half and obviously I've n- never ever been um, experienced that tempo of football before um, so you know it all just you know came at me a million miles per hour and obviously yeah, I had a, a any uh, injury that I just got back from you know season before so that was a bit sore so yeah um, you know that's the reason why I came off at half time yeah so let, let's talk about you becoming a left back because when you signed you were a left winger is it true is it true that Harry saw you as a going put you to left back yeah so I Throughout the, my upbringing at Leeds, um, it was always uh, at the DNA at Leeds was four three three. So I always used to play um, the left of a three in the middle. And uh, as I said um, at the start, that you know, one season Chelsea wanted to you know uh, buy some players from Leeds, and it was our midfield three because we was uh, we was that good. And um, 
so yeah, I, I, I joined Spurs and that was my, my position. Um, left for a free in the middle, but I could play on the wing. So yeah, I've been at Spurs um, three years at this point, possibly three or four years. And um, at the time, obviously Gareth had broke, we're talking the season Gareth broke in. Um, Gareth broke in and he was playing left back for a little bit. And then come January, uh, Benoit, he couldn't go to the right. African Cup of Nations. Mm -hmm. And that meant we always used to do 11v11s or big games um, every so often or under Harry. So that meant Gareth, with Benoit being injured, he meant Gareth would be left back on one team. And I was the only other left footer um, at the club or well, in part of the first team. So, you know, it obviously made sense for me to play left back on the other team. So that's just how it came about. It was complete freak um you know accident uh, me playing left back and obviously I did well um which you know if you're playing there for long enough you're training against Aaron Cranshaw and you know the players of that ilk um you know you're bound to you know improve after a matter of time and yeah that's how it came along and again throughout that season and you know for the next two seasons I was getting impatient because I wanted to play and um so, you know, Harry and Tim, you know, at the time they said, if you do want to play, then I suggest, you know, you focus on, you know, playing left back because I can see you playing for England there. And yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't pleased about that because I, I didn't want to play there. And um, the op only opportunities I would get under Harry um, would be, you know, U Europa League, Carling Cup, early rounds of FA Cup. Um, and obviously, if there was an injury crisis in the league, then you know I'd play in the league. So, you know, they, they were the only times I'd get get my games, and I didn't want it to be at left back. But you know, after a while, you know, I, I bought into the idea. And uh, yeah, fast forward. Yeah, Best decision you ever made? Uh, yeah. Or they helped you make? Do you yeah, think? Do yeah. you think you could? Do you think you could have had the career you had, or, or hopefully still going to have, in in playing left left wing? I think um, being at Spurs at that time. Um, if we're talking about Tom Huddleston, JJ, Luca, then yeah, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm not. I was not going to the break. The thing it. you've also got, you got Bale becoming Bale, haven't you? During that time. Yeah, yeah. So and um, being pushed forward, he was being pushed forward as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, being realistic. Then uh, if I was, you know, at Spurs, you know, uh, getting an opportunity regularly in midfield was was yeah, it was. It was basically impossible so yeah best decision that um that i that i made was buying into the idea of, of playing left back the two the, the loans were big weren't they for you i remember the Sunderland loan particularly was was yeah. a, a real big well, part of your career wasn't i had uh i had four loans um and on three of them um i did i didn't do very well um i went to watford Peterborough and uh, Bristol City and um, I didn't do very well at all um, and then obviously yeah I went to Sunderland um, that's you know that season was it was a massive decision for me because th the last two or three seasons before that I played the last four or five games um, and I'd done well like for example don't if you remember Dorse we, we, I think it's the last time we won at Liverpool yeah I uh, yeah, we played. Keeps getting brought up that, but we'll we'll fast forward. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we will win there soon. Don't worry. Yeah, so <laughs> I did well against Blackpool that season, Bolton, and uh, so I, I'd done really well. And each time I'd come back for pre-season, I was hoping and expecting. Like now, okay, Benoit is unbelievable, by the way. But now I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be an even playing field. That 
if you know Benoit's not at his best some games, then you won't think twice about putting me in. And you know it didn't happen. So you know, fast forward to me going to Sunderland. Harry just left, so AVB he's he's come in. So again, I'm thinking it's it's going to be the same old. You know, Benoit's going to play. Um, you know, I need to be playing now. You know, people from my age group they're playing week in week out, so I need to play. And in the end, I chose to go to Sunderland. And you know what? Then when I was at Sunderland, Benoit gets injured and Kyle Norton plays uh, left back, yeah, and I was thinking, oh man, gosh, that would have been me playing. Um, but yeah, I went to Sunderland and. Uh, yeah, you know, it was the best best season, um, you know, of my career. I think it's just the first time I was a first team player. Um, I was playing every week, um, regardless of form or performances. I was playing, so just having that alone, knowing that you can make mistakes, but I'm playing next game no matter what, it was absolutely amazing. And yeah, I did did well. And uh, you know, obviously Sunderland's a club that um, I'll always follow now, just because of you know that season and the opportunity they gave me. Young player of the year. Yep. yep. It makes a difference when you go out on loan. You just touched on there, Rosie. You went there knowing you were a first-team player. Mm. And I think when you come through the ranks sometimes, look, I came at Forest, played in the first team for probably five years. But even then, you're always classed as a young lad yeah. until you go somewhere and go, right, I'm now a first-team player and, and respected in that way. Yeah. And did, is that is that when you came back from, from your, your loan spell at Sunderland, that's when you thought, I'm really part of this Spurs first team now? Yeah, so um, when I came back, Obviously, you guys had just had an absolutely amazing season. I think it's the height, the the most someone's finished fifth, was it, and not got yeah. Champions League? Was yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Or did you finish fourth? Or no, Chelsea fin- finished fourth, and Chelsea won the Champions, Champions League. League. So yeah, um, I just I, I was obviously watching that from afar, and again I was thinking, well, the lads have just done great. Well, um, I hadn't properly trained with. Um, uh, AVB as of yet because I was at the Olympics in pre-season yeah. came back and then I, I left so I, I still hadn't you know properly you know met the manager spoke to him I didn't know if he'd been watching my games or anything so I didn't know going back to Spurs if you know I was either go- then going to be sold because I'd like to think I'd proven myself in the Premier League so it was still a bit nerve-wracking and obviously at the time we had a technical director there um, called Franco and I think he wanted to uh, be, uh, if you remember, Quantrill from uh, mm. Madrid. So there was rumours of that. So yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. Yeah, I'm going back to Spurs and play. Um, I wasn't thinking that. Oh, I thought it was just going to be, you know, you know, repeat. But th- thankfully, um, you know, the Spurs, uh, Spurs didn't, you know, buy anyone. And um, yeah, played. I think the first game was Palace away that season. And uh, yeah, I started the season really, really well. And uh, I got a freak injury. Um, you know. I don't know, around October, November time. And, you know, I, I didn't quite recover for the remainder of that season. Mauricio then walks through the door, summer of 2014, and yourself walks, become this magnificent fullback pairing, and the team takes off, basically, Danny, doesn't it? it, it well, eventually, yeah, the first season was, even though we got to the uh, Carlin Cup final, uh, it still was a bit of a difficult uh, Yeah, start. from January, we thought the Chelsea game really turned it, didn't it? Didn't you think? And yeah. you scored in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, New Year's Day, I yeah. think that game was. So, yeah, the first six months was... Yeah, yeah. Bedding in almost. Yeah, so, it, which yeah. is obviously normal. And um, I think it has to be expected with any coach. But unfortunately, you don't always get that time. But yeah, you know, from January onwards, yeah, I think everyone sort of see the stamp 
um, that Maurizio wanted on, on, on a group. And yeah, I remember, yeah, you're right. We played Chelsea New Year's Day. We won 5-3. Uh, Harry, absolutely, mm. as you'd expect, he was unbelievable. And yeah, we just took off. So And then from then, we didn't look back. To, let, let's touch on uh, Poch a little bit. You, you spoke that he was the best coach you ever worked with, but not just a coach, a friend as well. Yeah, so I had a really um, good relationship with him um, in terms of a coach. I'm now... Uh, 25 maybe 24 25 when he comes he's the first coach that had you know um taught me how to play left back so you know i for the years previously i'm i'm learning on the job so i'm learning distances um you know how to you know which way to show an opponent opponent learning offside like properly um keeping that the line up so i was learning all that on the job from um, 19 to, to 25, 26 when Maurizio came. So yeah, Maurizio, he worked on me as he did with, you know, everybody else. And, um, you know, he ironed out, you know, the finer mistakes that I was making. And I'd like to think that you eventually did see that throughout my performances um, then on, um, you know, while he was there at the football club. Yeah, I mean, 15, 16, 16, 17, incredible seasons, weren't they? Title contending seasons. What was it like to be part of that? Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Um, I think the the one um, where Leicester won it that season. I remember um, being at dinner with uh, Eric Lamella, and um, I just remember we we was doing well, and I just remember, oh, do you think we're going to get top four? And he looked at me and said, well, "Are you stupid? We're going to win the league." And uh, that he said that has to be the aim. And obviously, I've come from you know as a young lad. Um, the aim was top four and if you got that amazing and I was still in that mindset of you know do you think we're going to get it and Eric was you know come on we have to aim for the league so you know just having that shift in mentality mm -hmm. that being there was great for the club but no we, we're aiming for here now um, it was yeah it was amazing shift in mentality and it was a great experience to be a part of 15, 16, 16, 17 you and Kyle Walker for me were the the best pairing as a left back and a right back in the world and you got named in, in PFA team of the year that must be unbelievable to have been had the recognition from your fellow pros because you were getting it from the pundits I, I'd gone into that industry then and uh, was speaking so highly of you yeah it was obviously amazing um, again it was something um, unfortunately I've not won anything throughout my career so you know that is something that I'll, I'll always hold dear to me and um, again it was something starting out at left back uh, I would have never have um, thought possible so yeah it was amazing to be um, acknowledged by you know fellow um, opponents uh, teammates and um, yeah it, you know me and Kyle we, we was doing you know ever so well and uh, yeah, I don't think I was the same when it, when he left, but um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and yeah, I, I dare say that them two years is probably the best I've played, you know, throughout my career. It's always nice when uh, people recognise that when you've kicked half of them, because that's what Rosa used to do. He used to get tight and kick, but I tell you, it didn't matter who it was, he was kicking you. Six, 16, 17, White Hart Lane, obviously the, the last season at White Hart Lane, there seemed a determination from that team. You weren't going to get beaten that season at home, were you? And you didn't? No, well, it wasn't, that was never mentioned throughout the course of the season. And I I don't think I even knew that start until the, right at the end. So it was never, you know, at the start of the season, lads, we're going to stay unbeaten. It wasn't halfway through, come on, we haven't lost for six months. Let's, you know, keep it going. It was just, 
it was just where the mentality was and back then there was a there was a spell under Harry where the game was won in the first half it would be 2 or 3 nil, um and that's where we was um under Maurizio the game was won you know within you know the first half and yeah that was just the mentality then and um you know that was a great a great season to be unbeaten and the last season at the lane like I don't think you could you could want for much more than that we, we touched on your relationship with Poch who else was as close uh, with Poch as you were? I can imagine Harry. Yeah, Harry, um, Delhi, Delhi. He loved Delhi. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he absolutely adored uh, Delhi. Um, but you know, the manager was he. That was his thing, which was new for me again. Dos, um, obviously under Harry, you know, like obviously Gareth and you know Luca and JD. They was you know, I don't want to say favourites, but blue-eyed boys, yeah. you would say. Yeah, we can say it. Yeah, so. Um, for me, having a manager in uh, Maurizio coming in who wants to put his arm around everyone, um, but yeah, I dare say me, Deli, um, Harry, Christian, I don't want to say favourites, but you know, he, he good relationship, great relationship with him. So yeah, it was it was amazing having that, you know, with a manager again. It was the first time that I've ever had that, um, you know, from a manager, and I think that as well transpired into my performances as well. Unfortunately, Danny, now you go from the highs of that 16, 17 to the lows. Oh, I remember this knee injury you had, which obviously affected you. I mean, you were out for, what, nine months, I think it was? Well, um, tough times. Yeah, so again, um, you know, when I used to get injuries at Spurs, there would be just not normal uh, injuries. So this one, again, in the middle of a, a, a very good season individually and um, a very good season collectively, um, Obviously, there's no right time to get injured, but that was definitely the worst time to get injured. You were flying. Yeah, we, we, we was all flying. And um, I remember, yeah, Sunderland away. And it's just a tackle that I would not normally... It was it was a side foot block tackle, but it was one I wanted to, you know, really, really win the ball. And uh, normally, I, I don't know, I would have gone in differently, but for some reason, I went in like that. I've missed the ball and, um, you know, I've kicked the opponent and... I knew straight away something went, wasn't right. Um, I don't normally, um, you know, ask to come off um, if I've, you know, got a knock. And you know, I knew I asked the manager to be taken off. I got in the changing room, just couldn't walk. And for that next four months, I was advised by you know doctors within our football, Spurs' football club, and the best surgeons in in in, in England um, that. They, they didn't think I needed a uh, operation. So for four months, I'm trying in the gym. I'm taking every, you know, anti-inflammatory. I've had every sort of injection and um, it just, I, I just wasn't feeling right. And in the end, you know, within that four months, I'm watching the team going from strength to strength. Um, obviously, you don't want your team to lose, but it'd be nice if they missed you a little bit and they didn't miss me at all. <laughs> they was flying and um, it that was... That was so, so hard to watch. Um, yeah, so, and obviously, you know, I, I'd like to think everybody knows I am Spurs, but at the time I was doing well. And, um, you know, at the end of the season, you know, continuing the way that I was playing, you know, at the end, you never know if there was a new contract there or you never know if you may move on to something something elsewhere. So again, that was, that was really difficult to accept because, you know, that was no longer, you know, an opportunity for myself. So... Yeah, in the end, I did have an operation. And again, that was an extra five months on top of 
you know what should have been you know four months um yeah, which came out for nine months in total and I came back around October November the following year and for that season I don't think I was I was I was quite the same player and in, in that time Rosie anybody who's been out miles he been injured it is the worst you know, you, you you get down, you, you say the team doesn't feel as though you need you, where you've gone from being unbelievable for two or three years and then all of a sudden you're out of that. You struggle with the mental side and you've helped countless people, Rosie, in that time being open about it. Can you just speak about how, how are you now? Do you... Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm all good now. Obviously, it's the first time at this moment where um, I've not played football every day for since I was, I don't know, I don't know. 10, 11 or something like that. So, you know, that's been um, taken some getting used to, but in terms of, you know, how I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm really good. Um, I get to spend a lot more time, you know, with friends and family that, you know, I've missed over the years, you know, traveling Europe, uh, for Europe games and, you know, FA Cups and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm I'm in a really good place. And you're still training every day, Rosie, because when we see when I see you on the school run, I'm like, have you done your run today? You've been up at the crack of dawn. What, what, what's, your, what's your plans now? You're still only with 31? 33, I wish. Oh, 33. <laughs> I'm trying to take a couple of years off you, Rosie, there. I'll get you a club, you mate. You yeah. no, 29. <laughs> <laughs> Young whippersnapper. So you're still training, you're still training. Yeah, still yeah, trying to get back in. Yeah, I still yeah stick to a routine. Um, you know, training four five times a week. Um, Better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, I've had you know offers and opportunities over the past eighteen months, and I've either you know taken too long to answer. I've not um, I've not answered at all, or you know, it's just I've just said no, it's not for me. And uh, obviously. When you're in this position, there's obviously the same beggars can't be choosers, and you know I don't want to get back into football just for the sake of it. I want you know the right you know opportunity, right philosophy, and and to you know finish my career um, you know in a in a nice positive way. So yeah, hopefully um, you know something will happen in the next next you know weeks or a couple of months before January. On on the mental health side of things, Danny, I mean, how difficult is it for someone like yourself who's a, a, a high-profile professional footballer just to open up like that? Um, there is, you know, a bit of a stigma about, you know, players wanting to talk um, about mental health because that's how you, you can be judged. So, but obviously at the time when I, you know, announced it, I didn't think um, it would get the response it got and I didn't think it was that such of a taboo in football um, but obviously now years years later I do realise um, yeah it is it is um, a long way away from you know it being a normal conversation The good times return though when you came back from injury we're talking now about 18-19 and we're talking about some of the biggest games this club has, has ever played in it, and you were involved in, in that Champions League run I mean Man City Ajax the final I mean, what was that whole run like I mean it's just phenomenal to be along for the ride to be honest um so again i just finished the world cup with england um we got to the semis so you know that was amazing um but again um <laughs> you can get sick of this there was a uh, comeback for pre-season and there was rumors that i was leaving so again my mind um because i hadn't played um as much the season before obviously coming back from injury um you know, i was very frustrated and um I uh, I thought you know enough's enough now. Maybe it's time for a new challenge. So for me, my mind was you know I'm I'm, I'm possibly leaving the club. So never did I think that I'd be I'd win my place back and then we'd you know 
be on to an amazing journey to the Champions League final. But you know, you know, in terms of that, um, the season was yeah, it was brilliant. Um, you know, playing at Wembley, which was um, it's a lot different to mm. you know being at the old Wild Lane. Um, it took you know a little bit of getting used to, but amazing games along the way. Um, and you know, it was probably yeah the most memorable season that uh, I've had at the football club. Rosie, I can't let you uh, get away. People will want to know the Champions League. Look, it's one of the most iconic games watching the final and I was in Marbella on, on a stag day watching it <laughs> and it, it, it didn't go our way. Can you reflect on it being a special night or is it still something that really hurts you, you got so close? Um, for, yeah, I think it's a, a bit of both. Obviously, um, it hurts. Obviously, as I said, I've not won anything in football. So to, to maybe come away with, you know, that... The the medal to win in, in domestic football, you know, it hurts um, yeah tremendously. Um, but you know, in terms of the experience, loss, um, it was. I, I'm never nervous before games or anything like that. But the season finished and we had three weeks to train, so it's not as if okay, we've got a game midweek or we've got a game Saturday. You every training session is is built around that game in three weeks, so you can't not think about. So it's it's the only time throughout my career that like I, I dare say for two weeks I was I was nervous and it was just you just wanted to get it over and done with sort of thing and um, it's interesting because we prepared we trained you know really well brilliantly um, very hard but Liverpool that year the season before they got to the final yeah. they yeah. trained similar to us flew out to wherever the final was three days before and it didn't work for them so the year we played them in the final they changed that and um, they did you know a week off a week warm, uh, warm weather training and then they didn't fly out to Madrid until the day before so I'm not saying what we did was you know right or wrong but it's just interesting that that we, we flew out there a few days before and we should have maybe treated it like a normal a normal I know it's not a normal game, but you know, but just your routine, routine that you yeah. normally do brings anxiety being yeah. there all the time. Yeah. So um, you know, I don't miss that feeling of you know feeling anxious yeah. and nervous. But in terms of just you know walking out and you know it's all everybody's talking about for three weeks. Um, you know, friends and family coming over there to support you, and um, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I think that's something, Miles, that people don't give footballers enough credit for. I've realised when I when I went for Spurs to Hull and when I finished, you don't get the highs, but you don't get the lows. I don't miss the lows because there was so many of them and your pressure's building up to a game. You win on a Saturday, you're on cloud nine, you lose, you're lower than a snake's belly. And, and that's that's what players have to deal with, the pressure every single day. It's not like a boxer where you, you train for, for three, four months and you go, right, you've got one night we're building up to that. You win or lose and they come down. Every game is a yeah. pressure. And you touched on it, Rose. You never got nervous. I got nervous for every single yeah, game. Yeah, 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 I, I was I was that like, win a game, Sunday I'd relax, perfect. Monday came again, training every day, yeah. which just brought... You want, just wanted to be the best. And I, and I don't think people probably give footballers enough credit for that. You think, oh, they're earning a fortune. They don't care. Footballers care. They're like any other person down the street. And I think that that's a big one that you, you touched on there, Danny, for me. So, Rosie, in, in, in that time when Jose came in uh, and there was a period when you came back from then, you weren't in his plans at all. Mm -hmm. You felt the door closing. You were training with the 23s. Mm. Uh, and I think while we're on that, we people who won't know this, we have to realise the generosity of, of what Danny did in a COVID and in a, in a hard situation for you, Rosie, going through that, not playing, but passing on your advice. 
He dono donated £10,000 to Rotherham, Doncaster and South Humber NHS Foundation Trust to support the, the, the workers. That is remarkable. And locally, North Middlesex as well. £38,000. That is remarkable. I know Dan is here, so we don't want to embarrass him. Yeah, but don't that is, but what inspired, that, what that inspired is incredible. you to do that? Um, yeah, it's just... I don't want to say guilt, but in terms of you see the whole nation, uh, well, around the world, everyone's struggling. Um, the uncertainty um, of everything and footballers may have been the one of few occupations that were still getting paid, you know, the, the the salary and you know seeing how hard the you know the hospitals were having to work and obviously um you know fans may not know but each christmas spurs um you know they dedicate players to go into hospitals and and whatnot to seeing you know um ill children and uh you know that was one hospital that i'd, I'd gone to um and I, I asked one of my friends you know do you know anyone who works here and you know they put me in touch and you know i donated there and obviously i donated to a hospital where i'm from doncaster and donated to um you know throughout that time there was um there was a rise in domestic abuse as well um and you know people may may not have known that but you know i donated there as well so you know i tried to make again a bad situation for you know the whole nation the whole world um just you know a little bit better and um yeah i hope that the money was used um you know to a great cause incredible mate incredible, incredible mate. easy question this for us to ask danny but what is next for danny rose um <laughs> uh, more much. breakfast with me <laughs> school runs <laughs> running in the morning yeah. Huh? um yeah for me i i'm not, not closing the door and playing football again. Um, for me, yeah, I'd love to, you know, play again. So I think for me, I'm definitely focusing on that. And um, I think that's just my my short term goal at the minute. I don't want to look too far ahead. Um, I still feel as though I've got a lot to give. And um, yeah, so to answer your question, um, it's to hope that I'll play football again. Brilliant. Well, I hope we do. I hope we see you out there for again, sure. mate. Yeah. Danny Rose. Thank you so much. It's been unbelievable. Thank you for being so open. I mean, people who, who will listen to this and watch it, you're an inspiration. Been through an awful lot. Uh, and, and I read that and see the donations. Generous, incredible. Rosie, thank you for taking the time. Absolute legend. Thank you, guys. We're not letting you go just yet, though, because oh. people will still want to hear. Everyone who sits on our podcast has seven questions. A few have dodged a few, but we've let them off. But we're not letting you off with nothing, Rosie, are we? Right, number so, one. So, here we Num go. Number one, what is your favourite piece of, of football memorabilia? Wow. Um, might be a signed shirt, might be a ball, might be... Could be anything. Okay, I wish it was a winner's medal, but the Champions League um, medal... I grew up being uh, a United fan, sorry about that, and I've got, you know, Ryan Giggs' shirt, I'd say that's pretty special. Brilliant. Favourite Spurs kit ever? Ever? I'm not sure about ever, but one that I want to get my hands on at the minute is the, uh, I came 2007, the season before Dos, I think it was a Kappa one. Yeah. Kappa, yeah. The stretchy one. The, yeah, yeah, it's a stretchy one. The one, remember you, you beat West Ham in that game? Do you remember that kit you was wearing? Stolteri scored at the end. Yeah, I think I've got one of them. Yeah, I, I, want, I, want, I want one of them. So for me, I'd say um, probably my favourite one. And the fav most favourite one that I've worn would be 15-16 season, I think. 
But it was a 15, 16 season. It was like it a... Being the line, it was an Under Armour. And it had the blue yeah. across like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah, the, the diagonal stripe yeah. across there. Yeah. A-I-A. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Delhi, I think yeah. I probably... Yeah, I was all getting battered by then. So right. Yeah, I remember we're gonna, we're, I'm, putting, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. Not forgetting you of your old mate, Dawes, here. Who's your favourite Spurs player you've played with? In terms of, um, you know, ability and being in awe of this person, um, I would say um, Luca, and then I would say uh, Dembele is a very close second. Tell us about Musa. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely amazing. And for me, had he not left in January, we would have won the, the final, the Champions League. Um, obviously in January it's not in anybody's Mm. (laughs) thoughts that we're going to get to a final but uh, if that can you know just sort of let you know how important how good of a player how influential he was for us um, it's that that if he was playing in that final, we would we would have won the game. He was a big influence actually on that squad. I know a lot of the squad is still in like still in touch with him and friends with him and I mean. Off, off the field as well. I mean, I know you often you stay behind after lunch and have conversations and always be a big group of you there, like a family really, wasn't it, Danny? Yeah, yes. Um, so just like um, the, the time when uh, I was a young lad, there was, it was a big group, but there was never any clicks. Mm-hmm. But at the time, obviously when Dorse was there, we had the Croatians, we had the South Americans, the British... And we had Pav, didn't we? <laughs> Super Pav. That was rest of the world. So we had that, but we was all together as one. And then obviously, um, years later, we was a young, you know, hungry group with, you know, a few older players. But then you had the Belgians. Yeah. Uh, again, you had the, the younger English um, lot and, you know, the South Americans again. But, you know, still a, t- a tight group. And, um, and obviously you had the French and Moussa and but. Throughout all them groups, Musa, Dembele, you know, um, he could, you know, fit into any of them groups, and um, everybody was, um, you know, attracted to him, drawn to him. Um, he was just a good person, and um, it's just a shame. I don't want to say it's a shame, but in terms of ability, he should have, you know, gone on and played for, you know, and won, you know, a lot of things because he's, you know, him and Luke are the best two that I've, I've played with. So. We need a five-a-side team. We've got two players already. <laughs> a five-a-side team for your best five-a-side team. And you can be in it. Goalkeepers that I've played with. This is tough because shot-stopping. Gomez and Hugo. Um, pretty special. I'll go with Hugo, I think, in goal. At the back. You can go all attacking if you want, mate. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Jan Vertonghen at the back um, two in the middle uh, Luca and um, Musa and then obviously Harry up top would be my Bayo hasn't got in that team wow there you go. The thing you've got to make. You're the gaffer. You know you're the gaffer. <laughs> See, Rosie's one of them. He makes decisions just to make it. There you go. Love it, Rosie. Very interesting in this one, Danny. What would be your one piece of life advice for anyone watching or listening to this wow um life advice it's probably it's easier said than done but just you know just 
try try to be happy don't if you can fix something good don't worry about it. if you can't fix something then again don't worry about it just be happy and uh, you know just enjoy each day uh, as it comes nice who is your Spurs unsung hero oh unsung a player that maybe didn't get the recognition that deserves it you think maybe you played with or you watched um, um, well I've got one off the top of my head um, is obviously Aaron um, it, go, it went under the radar how hard he worked um, no, this is obviously no disrespect to uh, Koluka at all, um, but he wasn't the quickest. But you would never have known that because what, he was a smart defender. But Aaron never left him um, exposed at all. Um, yeah, Aaron grafted. So I'm not sure um, people may look at. I think him going forward, going yeah, past a, and, a left back and crossing and yeah, getting assists. And you you can't judge the offensive players of today in terms of Salah's goals, assists, Mane's, you can't judge um, Aaron off of that. So um, for me, the hard work they did off the ball, it, it went unnoticed. And um, also, of more of a recent time, I'd say Musa Sissoko. Um, people won't understand how important he was in the dressing room. Um, he's another one like Dembele that... He was just a nucleus for everyone was just drawn to him, never complained, never unhappy. Um, and again, so unselfish. Um, you know, he'd play down on you know, uh, on the right channel and obviously surge or trips, you know, get forward, but you know, their mopping up would be would be Musa and he'd do that, he's available sixty, seventy games a season, no injuries, doesn't complain of being tired and um yeah, for that he's he again I don't think he got the recognition he he, he deserved so for me uh, off the top of my head I'd go for Aaron and Musa lovely okay this is going to be an interesting one as well in your opinion who is the greatest Spurs player of all time of all time <laughs> wow um, gosh well break, I think you're going to break this down to two players who you've oh, already mentioned the, yeah we're just our era. If yeah, I was going to say yeah. because obviously. Yeah, you want to see. Yeah, grown up. From what, what you've seen. What I've what seen. seen yeah. Or where you played before. Well, I, I asked Dorse this the other day that who was the best that he played with, and he said Gareth, and straight away I was. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that it's an no, outrageous no. decision, but his reason, what he gave, I was like, oh, right, okay. And he, what he said was Gareth was a match winner. He, he won us countless games, and I was like, ah. Oh, Okay, so I think I I don't know, have to go with Harry. I think um, just um, obviously getting to see firsthand, and so I was obviously a young player yeah, with you'd with, have grown up with him with yeah. Dorse, but Harry was younger than me. So I'm you know looking over there and I just always remember him doing extra after training and you know things like that, and uh, then going out on loan and I'm not saying he did bad, but. I think from his loan spells, nobody expected him to be the monster he is today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just just obviously just ousting out um, Soldado and Adebayor and then, you know, just taking Tottenham on his back and just, which is fair to say, he's carried, he carried us um, a lot and the goals that he scored and just seeing how hard he works, I can now say it's not fluke. Um, you dedicate your life to anything but in, in our case it's football um, live right um, 
you know, be professional. I can say I've seen it firsthand. The rewards are uh, Harry Kane. So, you know, not just for goals and um, um, his professionalism off the pitch. It's just the whole package for me makes him, you know, Tottenham's, in my opinion, Tottenham's best ever player. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Glad to see you looking well. <laughs> Thank you. Good luck for the future. Thank you. Thanks for talking to us. Rosie, it's always Anytime. nice to see you, mate. Always <laughs> nice to see you. Million dollars. Cheers, Doc. Cheers, Rosie. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.